You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's play it, everybody, on this Thursday, August 16th, and a Friday, August 17th. It is another edition of Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. What's going on, everybody? So we get you ready for preseason game number two tomorrow night. At Ford Field at 7 o'clock, the Lions will take on the New York Giants. We'll tell you what went on during today's walkthrough coming up in a little bit. Plus, Eric Schlitt from the Lions Wire at usatoday.com. Eric and uh, the boys over there, Jeff Risden, them, those guys do a great job. We appreciate Eric stopping by. We'll have his conversation with us coming up in a little bit here as well on Locked on Lions. For those of you that have not listened before, welcome. Thank you for listening. You guys know me, Matt Derry. been around the uh, Detroit market about 20 years. I've covered the Lions for DFN and the ticket. And, of course, Detroit Sports 1051. We bring you a lot of opinions, guess, the news of the day. And that's what we do here on Locked on Lions. And that's why you should tell your friends. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen on Megaphone.fm or wherever you get your podcast. And join us on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks. Your commentary is always welcome there on whatever we talk about and the Matt Derry Facebook fan page as well. Um, getting excited, man. Preseason game number two tomorrow night. The walkthrough today, and we knew this was the case. I When I saw that the Lions and Giants were going to practice three times, it's like, well, they're not going to have a real practice on Thursday, the day before a game. You don't do that. So today the team, uh, the team's in a, a little bit of a light drizzle outside of the uh, Allen Park facility or outdoors in the Allen Park facility had a, a, a bit of a walkthrough for about an hour. Very, very light, just kind of putting guys in positions and everything else. Uh, Graham Glasgow is back at center today, which is a good thing. Uh, TJ Lang remains remains out and probably will not play tomorrow night. We'll see if Glasgow plays uh, tomorrow night at all against the Giants. So is your basic walkthrough, and there's really no big news to come out of it today. Uh, before we talk to Eric Schlitt, today, what did occur today, and I saw this in both newspapers, and I understand that that that, that Dave and Carlos and Justin and Kyle and all the guys in the in the, in the newspaper biz uh, that write these stories have to have to cover what's newsworthy and who talks. And today, Saquon Barkley talked um, and talked about. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Kerry, he thinks Carry on Johnson's gonna be really good and all that. There's your Detroit angle. And Odell Beckham Jr. talked, and of course, Odell was taken two spots behind Eric Ebron in the 2014 draft. And I, I just want to say one thing before we we get Eric on the on the horn here. Um, and 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 I know you guys that listen to the podcast sometimes call me out on social media for this. I'm done talking about. The Eric Ebron number 10 draft in 2014 and Eric Ebron's four years in Detroit, which were a disaster. And you could have had Aaron Donald and you could have had Zach Martin and you could have had uh, CJ Mosley and you could have had this and you could have had that. You could have had Odell, who went two slots after Ebron at 10 at number 12 to the Giants. And Odell Beckham Jr. is a high quality top flight wide receiver in the NFL. But can we stop with the, well, Odell spoke today and gives his story about what happened five years ago. That was 2014. 2014. Odell Beckham Jr. was not drafted by the Lions. And I look up now and say, man, Aaron Donald, while he's a holdout, is probably the most dominant defensive player in the league. And the Lions, after just retaining, you know, Calvin Johnson wasn't going anywhere. He was still here. They just signed Golden Tate to a five-year deal. And the need... Certainly, with Sue unsure of his contract situation, was 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 getting Aaron Donald or Zach Martin. I get that. 
But listening today to Odell Beckham Jr. and and throwing the quotes out, oh, I thought I was going to Detroit at ten, and then I was surprised, and you know, I figured I'd be a lion after Mike Evans went before me and Justin Gilbert and blah blah blah, and Anthony Barr at number nine. I'm sick of it, man. I'm tired of it. We here in Detroit constantly hammer back, especially with the Lions, on the past. We, we that's all we want to talk about. Let's go back and. Let's talk about the 2014 draft. You know what? Let's not. You know, it's ironic because, you know, the past is completely ignored a lot of times with the Tigers, but it's never ignored with the Lions. Do you realize Al Avila gave Jordan Zimmerman a five-year contract and pays the guy like $25 million a year and no one says a word? You want to go back in the past? Seriously. Someone... Someone grab the old receipts on Alavila and do the past because it's ugly. But no one says a word. But here it's like constantly with the Lions. It's always, remember 2014 draft. Remember the Silverdome. Remember this move and that move and Matt Millen. And it's like, oh my gosh. And I understand the Lions have won one playoff game since 1957. They've hosted one playoff game. I, I get it. But, like, do we really today have to rehash the 2014 draft and stick a microphone in front of Odell and get his thoughts on what took place five years ago? You know, why doesn't someone go up to Al Avila and ask him, what the hell were you thinking three years ago? Because this guy sucks that you gave $25 million a year to. I'd love to ask him about the Mark Lowe contract. When I was a 105-1, I'm like, folks, this will be this will go down as one of the single dumbest contracts of all time. Look at the Zimmerman deal. It's awful, but no one says a word. I'm just throwing it out there. The Odell Beckham Jr. thing. My goodness gracious, it is absolutely brutal. Hey, check on Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson. This guy does a tremendous job on Locked On NFL right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. He's got a great lineup of guests throughout the season. They'll do draft stuff. They'll talk to Mike Sando from ESPN.com. Locked On NFL with our buddy Matt Williamson is right here on the Locked On Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and check it out. All right, let's bring him in right now from the Lions Wire at USA Today. It is Eric Schlitt who has covered the Lions uh, for a while now, and has been down there at all the practices this week with the Giants and, of course, throughout training camp. What's up, Eric? Hey, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem, my friend. So what's your biggest takeaway from this week? Well, you know, this week, you know, I think the big goal was just to stay injury-free, and for the most part, they did that. You know, you had a couple of hiccups with some offensive linemen, but I think that they, you know, got some experience with some, you know, different guys in front of them, and, you know, like I said, stayed relatively healthy. And this Graham Glasgow news good today, obviously working back with the number ones at center, albeit through a pretty light workout and walkthrough with the Giants, but that that certainly was a scare a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah. When he went down, it didn't look good at all, Um, you know, because a whole bunch of bodies just kind of fell on top of him, and you could see him kind of uh, holding and cringing cringing a little bit in his lower body area, and it didn't look really good, but, you know, he walked off on his own, and was out there the next day, even though it was only in drills, and now getting back, um, you know, fully. Even though it was like I said, like you said, a limited practice, it was nice to see that he was, you know, not missing a beat here. Still, uh, it, it's, you know, we might not see him tomorrow in the game, but you know, optimistic 
the long-term prognosis on him will be, be pretty good. What, what about the, the, the situation with the defensive line, Eric? You, you've seen it in terms of the practices with the Raiders and, and just training camp here, and they broke camp today. And It seems like the, the, the D-line made a bit of a comeback yesterday. How concerned are you with that group? You know, I think we're seeing just a lot of vanilla in the preseason. That's to be expected. So, um, but there, there is obviously some, some levels of concern uh, based on, you know, how they played against the Raiders and just, you know, they've got a, it's in a gap oriented scheme, scheme. If you're not holding your gaps, then you're creating problems for the guys behind you. And they really didn't hold their gaps that well in Oakland. So it's, it's going to take some time to learn. And I think that's part of like why they struggled. Uh, but I think, Long term, once they get it and they start, you know, they're able to process things quickly. I think they they'll have a chance to really turn things around. But there's going to be some bumps and bruises here for a month or two, probably. Eric Schlitt with me from the Lions Wire, USAToday.com. Uh, does a great job covering the Lions, and you should check out his stuff. I, I like what Matt Patricia said today. I, I I knew he'd be asked about it about Ziggy Ansah, and yeah, we're going to move him inside outside and. Patricia probably gave you more than you expected, Eric, from an answer, but they're going to put all these guys all over the field, it sounds like. You know, Killebrew has seen his spotted linebacker. Diggs doesn't really know where he's going to play, but he'll play. Um, How much do you expect those Ziggy to be inside, and is that somewhere he's going to have to line up because they just don't have a a great abundance of good defensive tackles? I think, you know, they're, they're standing them up. They're putting them outside of the tackle. They're putting them outside of the tight end, and you know, they're getting that traditional kind of edge rush from him, but moving him inside at basically like what's the, the four eye technique, which is on the, on the inside shoulder of the, of the tackle, he's going to get some matchups, matchups against guards in those situations. When that happens, his athleticism really is going to trump whoever's across from him. And that's going to be a big advantage for them. And we've seen them utilize that with other players as well. Kerry Hyder has gotten some looks in that situation. And uh, Anthony Zettel's got some looks in that situation. I think it's really just that's part of that whole multiple scheme is these guys are going to move around, like you said. And so I think they're going to use him in those situations, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily something we see every week because they want to be able to keep uh, offenses on their toes. And if they're expecting it, then they can prepare for it a little bit better. But but I do think it will be part of the uh, rotation of things that they want to do. And so – we will see that from other guys beyond Ziggy, but yeah, I think that's a really neat thing to get uh, Ziggy in those situations. Key thing, though, is they're going to use those guys in specific situations like nickel and uh, two-minute defense and stuff like that. We'll get a good chance to see those athletic guys on the interior. A few weeks into training camp, Eric, are you surprised the Lions have not made one transaction? I'm a bit surprised that you know teams pluck guys off of other teams' rosters all the time, and there's a lot of movement uh around the league are you surprised that the lions have not done anything you know a little bit because that's ben quinn's mo right that he's come in and he's cycled through those bottom five guys on the roster pretty consistently through training camp the last two years and you know he kind of uses those last five spots as, as tryouts and we saw that in the first week with the wide receiver position that last wide receiver position rotated over like uh three guys in four days i think it did at one point so that happened in the first week, but since then, yeah, the last two weeks have been very uh, calm, and that's a bit unusual, but I think it might speak to the fact that you know they're comfortable with the guys that they have. So I do think Quinn will keep you know make some moves moving forward, but um, I just think it's in his nature that he likes to like cycle those guys through. But 
you know, I, I'm encouraged that they're testing the guys out that they have. What about the offense uh, this week and the couple of practices that you saw against the Giants? Uh, I know Jake Rudock's pick six was not a good look yesterday, but what stood out to you on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday? Yeah, you know, the, the, the Rudock pick, he got um, he was targeting Marvin on a, uh, on a kind of a timing route on a, a, where him and Golden were crossing. And the uh, Golden's cornerback kind of chipped Marvin, and that threw off his route, and that is what resulted in the pick. And, you know, Rudock's got to be more aware of that. But, you know, both both the reserve quarterbacks have struggled the, throughout camp, and, and that's a, a bit of an issue that's concerning for us. But, you know, when Stafford's in there, he looks sharp, and uh, his, you know, relationship and communication that he has with the top three guys, even even you could say T.J. Jones, the top four guys, is, is something special. Like, you know, they really have a nice connection. Marvin's been close to uncoverable, uh, you know, through the first couple of weeks, and when he really wants to put some steam on it to hit Galladay, he can fire that ball in there, and, and Galladay has really adapted to uh, you know, adjusting to the speed of the ball. The first couple weeks, he had a couple drops, but lately he's been just snatching things out of the air for, uh, you know, jump ball, end zone, uh, touchdowns and stuff. That's been really impressive. Where are you? We're talking to Eric Schlitt. Where are you with Hakeem Vallis? Uh, do you think he's, I'm not going to put the word lock to make the roster, but he's making a move, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. You know, one of the things that the tight end group lacks is a pure tight end, a pure pass catcher, and and he provides that. You know, you have a, you have good balance in Roberts and good balance in in, um, in uh, Luke Wilson, and Toyolo is a really good blocker. But they really don't have that kind of seam stretching pass catcher uh, that that Valles has been able to provide for them. Now, if you're going to keep a fourth tight end, because I think the first three guys are, are locked into the roster, but if they're going to keep a fourth tight end, which he's definitely making the case for, you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere else. And in my opinion, I think they can lose that fifth wide receiver spot. I don't think really anyone has separated themselves as a fifth wide receiver beyond, you know, the big three and TJ Jones there. So if they don't keep, uh, a fifth receiver, I think a fourth tight end is definitely an option, and, and Valles would be the guy who's definitely leading the, the charge for that. Uh, don't don't tell your buddy Jeremy and the folks at POD about uh, Chase Billingsley not making the team. That'll be a <laughs> that'll be some that'll be some rest in peace uh, column that they'll write. <laughs> you know they're giving him they're giving Chase a lot of options. You know they're they're putting him at spots on the field, they're putting him in the backfield, they're giving him chances to make this roster. Um, and he's going to have to do multiple things in order to make it. Because if you only do one thing, you're going to have a hard time, uh, you know, finding the field here for sure. But, you know, if, if, if he can show he can do more things, he's got a good shot. But right now, Hakeem Valles, is, he's definitely looking like the better option. Final thing with uh, Eric Schlitt. Find him at the Lions Wire at usatoday.com. Um, let me ask you about, and I brought this up before you came on today. I know today uh, Odell Beckham Jr. talked, and, and, and the Detroit reporters did their job in asking him about, hey, did you think you were going to be a Lion in 2014? I, I've about had enough of Odell and Eric Ebron and Aaron Donald. and you know, I, I think that's one thing around here that we, we do with the Lions in the media and, and fans is harp on the, on the past. Now, I understand the past has been very good, and that's all we have, but you know, asking Odell four or five years later about, did you think you were going to be drafted here? I, I, I don't need to hear it anymore. What, what's, your, what's your take on it? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't care what he if he, he said he thought he was going to be here, but uh, and they didn't take him, and and that's fine. But you know, it doesn't bother me. I know people. It's it's so easy to look back in hindsight and say, you know, 
I wish we could have taken Aaron Donald or, or I wish Anthony Barr fell once more spot to us and, and you know, Odell would have, was possibly there. But at the time, Ebron made sense and, and, and Martin Mayhew, you know, liked to pick and he, and he went with it. But, you know, in all honesty, we got to thank Cleveland for taking Justin Gilbert because he was the guy Mayhew really wanted. And so, uh, Gilbert, he's not even in the league anymore. No. So, you know, we can look back and say, and, and, you know, second guess him all we want, but there's nothing you can do about it. You know, you just got to move on, see what's in front of you, enjoy what you're seeing. And, and, you know, draft picks, who gets picked where doesn't matter. It's just about, you know, who's on your team now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a terrible pick, but I, and, and, <laughs> but I just sitting here four or five years later asking him about it today. It's like, I saw, I read that. I'm like, oh gosh, enough already. And, and, and I'm a, and I'm a classic Ebron basher. I, I could talk Eric Ebron all day. I, even I'm trying to temper myself on the podcast and not bring up number 85 anymore. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I mean, for, for what you got to remember, they had Tate and they had Calvin. And so Odell kind of looked like a luxury. They had a massive hole at tight end. So in, in theory, the pick made sense. It, it didn't work out the way that they had anticipated it. They were hoping he would have been, you know, a much bigger, impactful player than he was. But, you know, you can't do anything about it now. All right, Eric, good catching up, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. All right, there he is, Eric Schlitt from the Lions Wire and usatoday.com. Check him out on Twitter at Eric, E-R-I-K-S-C-H-L-I-T-T, E-R-I-K-S-C-H-L-I-T-T. Follow him on Twitter. Eric's been covering the team and been down in the practices, and we appreciate his time right here on Locked on Lions. Some very interesting comments for sure. In regards to what to look for uh, tomorrow night in preseason game number two, I, I want to see Ziggy Anza in action. I don't know how much he'll play, but I do want to see where Matt Patricia and folks are going to put him. I'm excited about that. Uh, I don't think Saquon Barkley's going to play because he didn't practice all week, but I do want to watch how the Lions handle Eli Manning and, and, and what the Lions do against the run and against the Giants' run game. Um, you know, and, and Jonathan Stewart and everybody that they've got back there for sure. And also, you know, the, the the backup quarterback situation that Eric brought up. Matt Castle and Jake Rudock have not been very good. Um, <clears throat> look, if, if Matthew Stafford is going to be injured at any point, that'll be trouble. But uh, I do want to see uh, how that all looks for sure uh, coming up uh, tomorrow night and hopefully some improvement with the defensive tackles and, and how they clog the middle against that New York Giants um, run game. Thanks to Eric Schlitt for, uh, Schlitt for joining us today. Thanks to you for listening right here on the Locked On Podcast Network to Locked On Lions. We'll uh, get with you this weekend with our thoughts and the recap of Lions and Giants right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. See you this weekend.